Book Eight, Chapters Twelve through Sixteen, Volume One, Le Mort d'Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Catherine Fitz. Le Mort d'Arthur, Volume One, by Sir Thomas Mallory. Book Eight, Chapter Twelve. Sir, said Tristram, now I shall tell you all the truth. My father's name is Sir Meliodas, king of Leonis, and my mother hight Elizabeth, that was sister unto Mark of Cornwall. And my mother died of me in the forest, and because thereof she commanded, or she died, that when I were christened they should christen me Tristram. And because I would not be known in this country, I turned my name, and let me call Tramtrist. And for the truage of Cornwall I fought for my eames' sake and for the right of Cornwall that ye had possessed many years. And wit ye well, said Tristram unto the king, I did the battle for the love of mine uncle, King Mark, and for the love of the country of Cornwall, and for to increase mine honour. For that same day that I fought with Sir Marhaus, I was made knight, and never or then did I battle with no knight, and he from me went alive, and left his shield and his sword behind. So God me help, said the king, I may not say but ye did as a knight should, and it was your part to do so for your quarrel, and to increase your worship as a knight should, howbeit, I may not maintain you in this country with my worship, unless that I should displease my barons, my wife and her kin. Sir, said Tristram, I thank you of your good lordship that I have had with you here, and the great goodness my lady, your daughter, hath showed me. And therefore, said Sir Tristram, it may so happen that ye shall win more by my life than by my death. For in the parts of England it may happen that I would do you service at some season, that ye shall be glad that ye ever shewed me your good lordship. With more I promise you, as I am true knight, that in all places I shall be my lady your daughter's servant, and knight in right and wrong, and I shall never fail her, to do as much as a knight may do. Also I beseech your good grace that I may take my leave at my lady your daughter, and at all the barons and knights. I will well, said the king. Then Sir Tristram went to La Belle Isode, and took his leave of her, and then he told her all, what he was, and how he had changed his name because he would not be known, and how a lady told him that he should never be whole till he came unto this country where the poison was made, wherethrough I was near my death had not your ladyship been. O oh, gentle knight, said La Belle Isode, full woe I am of thy departing, for I never saw man that I owed so good will to. And therewithal she wept heartily. Madam, said Sir Tristram, ye shall understand that my name is Sir Tristram de Leonis, gotten of King Meliodas, and born of his queen, and I promise you faithfully that I shall be all the days of my life your knight. Gramercy, said La Belle Isode, and I promise you there against that I shall not be married this seven years but by your assent, and to whom that ye will I shall be married, to him will I have, and he will have me if ye will consent. And then Sir Tristram gave her a ring, and she gave him another and therewith he departed from her, leaving her making great dole and lamentation. And he straight went unto the court among all the barons, and there he took his leave at most and least, and openly he said among them all, Fair lords, now it is so that I must depart. If there be any man here that I have offended unto, or that any man be with me grieved, let him complain here afore me, or that I ever depart, and I shall amend it unto my power." And if there be any that will proffer me wrong, or say of me wrong, or shame behind my back, say it now or never, and here is my body to make it good, body against body. 
and all they stood still, there was not one that would say one word. Yet there were some knights that were of the queen's blood, and of Sir Marhaus' blood, but they would not meddle with him. CHAPTER Thirteen. So Sir Tristram departed, and took the sea, and with good wind he arrived up at Tintagel in Cornwall. And when King Mark was whole in his prosperity, there came tidings that Sir Tristram was arrived, and whole of his wounds. Thereof was King Mark passing glad, and so were all the barons. And when he saw his time, he rode unto his father, King Meliodas, and there he had all the cheer that the king and queen could make him. And then largely King Meliodas and his queen departed of their lands and goods to Sir Tristram. Then, by the license of King Meliodas, his father, he returned again unto the court of King Mark, and there he lived in great joy a long time, until at last there befell a jealousy and an unkindness betwixt King Mark and Sir Tristram, for they loved both one lady, and she was an earl's wife that hights her Seguardas. And this lady loved Sir Tristram passingly well, and he loved her again, for she was a passing fair lady, and that espied Sir Tristram well. Then King Mark understood that, and was jealous, for King Mark loved her passingly well. So it fell upon a day this lady sent a dwarf unto Sir Tristram, and bade him, as he loved her, that he would be with her the night next following. Also she charged you that ye come not to her, but if ye be well armed, for her lover was called a good knight. Sir Tristram answered to the dwarf, Recommend me unto my lady, and tell her I will not fail, but I will be with her the term she has set me. And with this answer the dwarf departed. And King Mark espied that the dwarf was with Sir Tristram, upon message from Seguarda's wife. Then King Mark sent for the dwarf, and when he was come, he made the dwarf by force to tell him all, why and wherefore he came on message from Sir Tristram. Now said King Mark, Go where thou wilt, and upon pain of death that thou say no word that thou spakest with me. So the dwarf departed from the king. And that same night that the steven was set between Sir Guarda's wife and Sir Tristram, King Mark armed him and made him ready, and took two knights of his council with him. And so he rode afore to abide by the way for to wait on Sir Tristram. And as Sir Tristram came riding upon his way with his spear in his hand, King Mark came hurtling upon him with his two knights suddenly, and all three smote him with their spears, and King Mark hurt Sir Tristram on the breast, right sore. And there Sir Tristram foitered his spear, and smote his uncle King Mark so sore that he rashed him to the earth, and bruised him that he lay still in a swoon, and long it was, or he might ever wield himself. And then he ran to the one knight, and eft to the other, and smote them to the cold earth, that they lay still. And therewithal Sir Tristram rode forth sore wounded to the lady, and found her abiding him at a postern. CHAPTER fourteen, And there she welcomed him fair, and either housed each other in arms, and so she let put his horse up in the best wise, and then she unarmed him. And so they supped lightly, and went to bed with great joy and pleasance, and so in his raging he took no keep of his green wound that King Mark had given him. And so Sir Tristram bebled both the oversheet and the nether, and pillows and head-sheet, and within a while there came one afore that warned her that her lord was near hand within a bow-draught. So she made Sir Tristram to arise, and so he armed him, and took his horse, and so departed. By then was come Seguardus, her lord, and when he found her bed troubled and broken, and went near and beheld it by the candlelight, then he saw that there had lain a wounded knight. Ah, false traitress, he said, why hast thou betrayed me? 
and therewithal he swang out a sword, and said, But if thou tell me who hath been here, here thou shalt die. Ah, my lord, mercy, said the lady, and held up her hands, saying, Slay me not, and I shall tell you all who hath been here. Tell anon, said Sir Gordis, to me all the truth. Anon for dread, she said, Here was Sir Tristram with me, and by the way, as he came to me ward, he was sore wounded. Ah, false traitress, said Sir Gordis, where is he become? Sir, she said, he is armed, and departed on horseback, not yet hence a half a mile. Ye say well, said Sir Gordis. Then he armed him lightly, and gat his horse, and rode after Sir Tristram that rode straight away unto Tingtagel. And within a while he overtook Sir Tristram, and then he bade him turn, false traitor knight. And Sir Tristram anon turned him against him, and therewithal Sir Gordis smote Sir Tristram with a spear that it all to brast. And then he swang out his sword, and smote fast at Sir Tristram. Sir Knight, said Sir Tristram, I counsel ye that ye smite no more, howbeit for the wrongs that I have done you, I will forbear you as long as I may. Nay, said Sir Gordis, that shall not be, for either thou shalt die or I. Then Sir Tristram drew out his sword, and hurtled his horse unto him fiercely, and through the waist of the body he smote Sir Sigwardus, that he fell to the earth in a swoon. And so Sir Tristram departed and left him there. And so he rode into Tintagel, and took his lodging secretly, for he would not be known that he was hurt. Also Sir Sigwardus' men rode after their master, whom they found lying in the field sore wounded, and brought him home on his shield. And there he lay long, or that he were whole, but at last he recovered. Also King Mark would not be unknown of that Sir Tristram and he had met that night. And as for Sir Tristram, he knew not that King Mark had met with him. And so the king askance came to Sir Tristram, to comfort him as he lay sick on his bed. But as long as King Mark lived, he loved never Sir Tristram after that, though there was fair speech, love there was none. And thus it passed many weeks and days, and all was forgiven and forgotten. For Sir Seguardes durst not have ado with Sir Tristram, because of his noble prowess, and also because he was nephew unto King Mark. Therefore he let it overslip. For he that hath a privy hurt is loath to have a shame outward. CHAPTER fifteen. Then it befell upon a day, that the good knight Bleoberus de Ganis, brother to Blamor de Ganis, and nigh cousin to the good knight Sir Launcelot du Lake. This Bleoberus came into the court of King Mark, and there he asked of King Mark a boon, to give him what gift that he would ask in his court. When the king heard him ask so, he marvelled of his asking, but because he was a knight of the round table, and of a great renown, King Mark granted him his whole asking. Then said Sir Beobloris, I will have the fairest lady in your court that me list to choose. I may not say nay, said King Mark, now choose at your adventure. And so Sir Bleoberus did choose Sir Sigwarda's wife, and took her by the hand, and so went his way with her. And so he took his horse, and Gart set her behind his squire, and rode upon his way. When Sir Sigwardus heard tell that his lady was gone with a knight of King Arthur's court, then he armed him and rode after that knight for to rescue his lady. So when Bleoberus was gone with this lady, King Mark and all the court was wroth that she was away. Then there were certain ladies that knew there were great love between Sir Tristram and her, and also that lady loved Sir Tristram above all other knights. Then there was one lady that rebuked Sir Tristram in the horriblest wise, and called him coward knight, that he would for shame of his knighthood see a lady so shamefully taken away from his uncle's court. But she meant that either of them had loved other with entire heart. 
But Sir Tristram answered her thus, Fair lady, it is not my part to have ado in such matters while her lord and husband is present here. And if it had been that her lord had not been here in this court, then for the worship of this court, peradventure, I would have been her champion. And if so be, Sir Seguardus speed not well, it may happen that I will speak with that good knight, or ever he pass from this country. Then within a while came one of Sir Seguardus' squires, and told in the court that Sir Seguardus was beaten sore and wounded to the point of death. As he would have rescued his lady, Sir Bleobaris overthrew him, and sore hath wounded him. Then was King Mark heavy thereof, and all the court. When Sir Tristram heard of this, he was ashamed and sore grieved, and then he was soon armed and on horseback, and Gouvernail, his servant, bare his shield and spear. And so as Sir Tristram rode fast, he met with Sir Andred, his cousin, that by the commandment of King Mark was sent to bring forth, and ever it lay in his power, two knights of Arthur's court that rode by the country to seek their adventures. When Sir Tristram saw Sir Andred, he asked him what tidings. So God help me, said Sir Andred, there was never worse with me, for here, by the commandment of King Mark, I was sent to fetch two knights of King Arthur's court, and that one beat me and wounded me, and set not by my message. Fair cousin, said Sir Tristram, ride on your way, and if I may meet them, it may happen I shall revenge you. So Sir Andred rode into Cornwall, and Sir Tristram rode after the two knights, the one which hight Sagramar le Desiris, and the other hight Dodinus le Sauvage. CHAPTER Sixteen. Then, within a while, Sir Tristram saw afore him two likely knights. Sir, said Gouvernail unto his master, Sir, I would counsel you not to have ado with them, for they be two proved knights of Arthur's court. As for that, said Sir Tristram, have ye no doubt, but I will have ado with them to increase my worship, for as many day sith and I did any deeds of arms. Do as ye list, said Gouvernail. And therewithal anon Sir Tristram asked them from whence they came, and whither they would, and what they did in these marches. Sir Sagramor looked upon Sir Tristram, and had scorn of his words, and asked him again, Fair knight, be ye a knight of Cornwall? Whereby ask ye it, said Sir Tristram. For it is seldom seen, said Sir Sagramor, that ye Cornish knights be valiant men of arms. For within these two hours there met one of us your Cornish knights. And great words he spake, and anon with little might he was laid to the earth. And as I trow, said Sir Sagramor, ye shall have the same hansel that he had. Fair lord, said Sir Tristram, it may so happen that I may better withstand than he did. And whether ye will or nill, I will have ado with you, because he was my cousin that ye beat. And therefore here do your best, and wit ye well, but if ye quit you the better here upon this ground, one knight of Cornell shall beat you both. When Sir Dodinus le Sauvage heard him say so, he got a spear in his hand, and said, Sir Knight, keep well thyself. And then they departed, and came together as it had been thunder. And Sir Dodinus' spear brast in sunder, but Sir Tristram smote him with a more might, that he smote him clean over the horse-croak, that nigh he had broken his neck. When Sir Sagramor saw his fellow have such a fall, he marvelled what knight he might be, and he dressed his spear with all his might, and Sir Tristram against him, and they came together as the thunder. And there Sir Tristram smote Sir Sagramor a strong buffet, that he bare his horse, and him to the earth. And in the falling he brake his thigh. When this was done, Sir Tristram asked them, Fair knights, will ye any more? Be there no bigger knights in the court of King Arthur? It is to you shame to say of us knights in Cornwall dishonour, for it may happen a Cornish knight may match you. That is the truth, said Sir Sagramor, that ye have well proved. 
"'But I require thee,' said Sir Sagramor, "'tell us your right name, "'by the faith and troth that ye owe to the high order of knighthood.' "'Ye charge me with a great thing,' said Sir Tristram, "'and sith in ye list to wit it, "'you shall know and understand that my name is Sir Tristram de Lyonnes, "'King Meliodas' son, and nephew unto King Mark.' "'Then were they two knights fain that they had met with Tristram, "'and so they prayed him to abide in their fellowship.' "'Nay,' said Sir Tristram, "'for I must have ado with one of your fellows. "'His name is Sir Bleoberis de Ganis.' "'God speed you well,' said Sir Sagramor and Dodinus. "'Sir Tristram departed, and rode onward on his way. "'And then he was where before him in a valley "'where rode Sir Bleoberis, with Sir Sigwardus' lady, "'that rode behind his squire on a palfrey.'" End of Book 8, Chapters 12-16